0: Hello, it's Caroline. I'm just here to tell you that this episode that you're about to listen to was recorded during a time when I still used Patreon. I do not use Patreon anymore, but you can find helpful resources by going to thefuckadiet.com more. You can also read the beginning of the Fuckadiet book for free from my site. Lastly, this podcast is extremely messy. And it was actually intentionally messy and unstructured, because that was the only way I could inspire myself to start and continue this podcast. I needed the lowest stakes possible. And though this podcast remains very low budget and has remained messy throughout the years until now, if you want slightly more structured and streamlined episodes, listen to the more recent episodes. All right, enjoy. Hello and welcome to the fuck a diet podcast. My name is Caroline Dooner. I don't know if you know this, but I always do like 10 takes before starting. I say hello like a million different times and then I'm like, that's not good. And then I erase it and then I start again. Whereas if I didn't have the choice to erase it, I think that would be better. I feel like if I had like a setup where I had a podcast producer and I had to go I mean obviously they people aren't doing that right now. Everyone has to do everything from home. But if I had to go into a studio and just like record and then it was up to them to just cut what they wanted to cut, that would be so much easier in in a way. Choices make things difficult in sometimes. Okay. Um so yes, you're listening to the Fuck a Diet podcast. This is a bonus episode during quarantine, I am trying, I'm trying to do weekly episodes. Every other week, it's a longer normal episode. And then every other week from that, um, it's a shorter bonus mini-sode, um, where I can sort of go rogue and do whatever I want. So today I asked my Instagram for questions, for ask me anything questions. So when I do ask me anything, I know that I'm going to get some fuck a diet questions. I know I'm going to get some random questions. Um, And so I answered some on my Instagram, but I, I saved a lot of them to answer on this podcast. And I've decided I didn't do any prep. You know, I usually do a little bit of prep with with, uh, with Q&As. I like to kind of jot down some ideas. So especially if it's a more complicated question, Question. Um, just so I make sure that I kind of cover my bases and s- and give good advice when people are asking for advice, but I didn't do that today for a couple reasons. One, I don't really have time, and two, I wanted to do what I explained earlier, which is like not have the option to like th- overthink things, and just answer questions. Okay, so I'm gonna do that. I'm also gonna read a listener email about their experience on the fuck it diet. And then before that, I just want to let you know that enrollment for the Fuck a Diet Book Club is open. It opened on Friday. Um, I'm recording this Sunday. You're listening Monday or whenever, or years from now, really. And uh, it's going to be it's going to be the the third time that I've run the Fuck a Diet Book Club. So I ran it last spring summer. Was, that was the first time. That was a couple months after the book had come out. I ran it this past fall, and then I'm running it again now. And what that means is that all the people who went through it before are a part of the group. They are the alums. They're going to, um, some of them are going to redo everything and you know reread the book with everyone. And some will just be in the group as great support, people who have been doing this for a longer time, people who have gone through the process. Everyone has a different experience, and it's just really nice to, connect with other people who are going through it for the first time, and to connect with people who have been going through this for a while. So I'm, I'm very excited. We start May 11th. It's eight weeks. It runs through June. Oh, uh, no. It runs through July 5th, which is actually my half birthday. <laughs> and, and there are weekly calls with me. There's an amazing group. It, it it acts like a Facebook group, but it's it's a group on Mighty Networks because I wanted to get it off of Facebook. People didn't like Facebook or felt kind of suck. I, I I sort of feel like when I put things on Facebook it become it's a slippery slope to spending too much time on Facebook basically. Um so it's a private group um but it's on Mighty Networks. It's really great. And then you know we use the book as a textbook so we have reading assignments we go through the prompts i share bonus material that i had to cut from the book bonus prompts we have weekly um beliefs to focus on so that's one thing i wanted to bring throughout the experience because i don't really talk about beliefs until near the end of the book but since it's such a big part of the process that is the one thing that i i i'm taking into the beginning I mean, that's one thing that I also learned from the first, that wasn't a part of the first round, but I added that in for the second round because I thought it'd be really nice to just have our brains start working um, and and focusing on figuring out what our unhelpful beliefs are. So that's something that we do every single week. Um, and yeah, I'm just really excited. I think it's gonna be great. I, I was really hesitant about whether I should run it now during this pandemic or whether I should push it back to the fall when things had settled down. It, you know, It's called a book club, but it's not a book club. I think that's a little confusing and I've definitely considered changing the name. But uh, when people think of book club, they think of like a free group. This is my program. This is like my flagship program based on the book. Um, and so it costs money. It's, it's for, uh, sorry, it is, for the whole experience and then there are also payment plans so you can check that out of thefuckadiet.com slash club if you would like to learn more Um, I understand that not everybody is in a position to be able to join especially now during the pandemic Um, but if it's something that's possible to you and you think it would be supportive we would love to have you The enrollment will be open until May 6th or 7th. Let me check my calendar. It will be open until May 7th. And then we start on May 11th. So I just wanted to update you about that. I also have uh, a free little workshop that I made for people who've read the book. So if you haven't read the book yet, obviously I recommend that you do that because it's cheap. It is very comprehensive. It will be very, very helpful. um, Very, like... I was going to say comprehensive again. It really like it takes you through all the different parts of this journey that I have found to be very, very important and helpful. But if you have read the book, I, I have a free workshop. You can get it at thefuckadiet.com slash resources. And it goes through the five tools from the book. And then it also answers listener questions. And it takes you through two of the tools live. So if you have read the book and would like to hear me go a little bit deeper on all of this stuff and, and answer questions from people who have read the book, please go sign up for that. Totally free. Um, and I hope that it's helpful. All right. Oh, okay. Let's move along. Let's see what... I'm just going to... I'm just opening up my uh, my Instagram and I'm just going to answer some of these questions that people asked. Okay. Okay what do you think about weight watchers and their point tracking weight watchers is a diet that's what the point tracking is it's a diet like no question next question (laughs) no question last next question is lockdown a good time to start the fuck it oh the fuck it i was trying to i don't i was putting together the word diet and boredom cuz they said is lockdown a good time to start the fuck a diet with boredom eating and weight gain everywhere right now Well I've talked about this a little bit but I do think that lockdown is a very potentially a very difficult time to start healing your relationship with food and I will explain why I don't think it's a I don't think it's a bad time I don't think it's impossible I don't think that um, it's something that you shouldn't try to do. I just want to kind of present what I see as, uh, maybe some of the obstacles or the things that might even make it harder right now. Um, and then obviously if, if it's something that you feel like you need and want to do and you feel inspired to do it right now and you, om- and there's a way to look at it, that this is like the perfect opportunity. This is a, this is, um, why not start doing something like this during, during, um, the pandemic lockdown. However, the reason that I think it's difficult is because uh, we are already going through something pretty extreme. We're in the middle of what you could, and I think should, consider to be a trauma, a collective, cultural, worldwide crisis and trauma. Um, We are, everything is uncertain. And we are trying to figure out how to stay sane and stay safe and find structure. And, you know, we're all kind of flailing in different ways. And I also think that going through the process of healing your relationship with food can be really 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 scary for a lot of people and it can feel really really out of control for a while when you begin to give into your hunger there is this pendulum swing where we we are so 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 hungry in response to years of either actual restriction and and dieting or yo-yo dieting or just years and years and years of rules and guilt around food and so there is this there is this um the swing in the other direction and it can feel really scary and it can feel really out of control and you know I wrote the book to to, for one of the reasons to help people through that to help them understand that that's totally normal to to give context to what it might be like Um, but it's still scary and it still requires a lot of trust and a lot of um, support and a lot of emotional work and mental work and that might be too much to take on while you're doing a lot of emotional and mental work. Just trying to get through your day in lockdown or or going to your essential job or going to your job in a hospital, which obviously is an essential job. Um, it might be too much, and only you can answer that question. At the same time, I know and I've heard firsthand from people who have been doing this for a little while, that it's the best thing that they ever could have done to go into a situation like this because there is this new piece with food, there is a new piece with rest, there is a new piece with even just the prospect of not having as much control, gaining weight, all of this stuff. So I do think that it can be a super supportive thing to have during this but I think that starting the process during this would be really hard and so I just want you to know that I want you to understand sort of what you're getting yourself into I think it's totally worth it and I think that for a lot of people this could be the perfect time to do it but I just I feel like it would be really kind of like out of touch for me to be like everybody should be healing their relationship to food today because In reality, it's just a lot more complicated than that. It's hard. The other thing is that it requires um, a lot of access to food that we don't really feel like we have right now. I, for one, you know, my kitchen is way less stocked than it usually is right now, just because I've been going through everything and not going to the grocery store as often. So, you know, there are a lot of things at play here with scarcity mentality um, that might make it more difficult. But at the same time, it also might be the best thing to do. And I really think that only you can answer that. And maybe you need to start and see, and then you can make a more educated decision. And hopefully that's not like the most unhelpful thing I could possibly say. Um, oh, somebody said, sorry, people who gave you bad Amazon reviews completely missed the point of the book. Thank you, Electric Kiwi. Thank you. I agree. They didn't. That The thing that I say and that I've realized, honestly is that a lot of the really, really, really bad reviews for the book that are, like, so pissed at me and, like, this girl is trying to kill you, you know, stuff like that, um, a lot of eating disorders wrote reviews for my book. And that was a weird thing to realize of, like, oh, yeah, people feel so strongly about this shit because we all – not we all, but so many of us, including me before – we're pretty much living with a very very loud strong and convincing eating disorder that made me believe that obsessing over food and weight was the most important thing I could do even obsessing over health obsessing over health isn't healthy okay thank you electric kiwi thank you okay someone said how do you handle it when nothing sounds good wait okay how do you handle it when nothing sounds good? Well, (laughs) this could be about anything and not just food, but um, how do I handle it when no food sounds good? I hate that. And honestly, that's been happening to me a lot during this quarantine and it's partially because I'm just kind of like out of sorts and partially because I don't have all the stuff in my house that I would usually want to eat. So I will look in my refrigerator and be like, ugh. Nothing's, none of this sounds good. Where is my cake? I guess I should learn to make my own cake. Ugh. Okay. How do you handle it? You feed yourself anyway. And it might not be fun, but you need to feed yourself. It's more important to feed yourself um, than to just starve yourself because nothing sounds exactly like what you crave. I'm all about following your cravings if and when you can but that becomes obsessive and a kind of like a weird diet rule in and of itself if you take that too far and make that its own sort of fucking cult you know I'm writing about cults right now in my book and so now I see everything through a lens of cult mentality what's your favorite food or meal and favorite snack okay what is my favorite what is my favorite meal Oh my god that's such a hard question I honestly think that it's some and this would change I think that I personally think that anything that's your favorite food could become not your favorite food if you had to eat it all the time so just keep that in mind but my favorite food I think is like pepperoni pizza and not pepperoni pizza from like a like a normal pizza place like probably pepperoni pizza from like a really fancy pizza place with like really thin crust. But then next down would be pepperoni pizza from like a normal pizza place and a salad and a glass of (laughs) rosé. I don't even know if that's true. That's just true right now. That's probably what I want to eat for dinner tonight. Um, And I've actually been thinking about it because there is a a really good pizza place near me that does takeout and I every day I consider and then I'm like, it's too much work. You know, you have to call, it's like everything takes so long. It takes them a really long time to, I've, I've, I did it once before, maybe like two weeks ago. And what's my favorite snack? Oh, what's my favorite snack? I mean, cheese and crackers. I also eat cheese and crackers as a meal sometimes when I'm feeling especially lazy. Maybe I add like, sometimes I add like a salad or like a piece of fruit to, to that. Um, but I love cheese and crackers. So that's my favorite snack and my favorite meal, probably. Okay, how is my fridge saga? Is my fridge still working? So I don't think that I talked about this on last week's podcast, though. I could be wrong. Um, But no, I didn't, because it hadn't happened yet. Okay, so earlier this week, I woke up, and I went downstairs, and I started to make iced coffee, and I noticed that my um my ice cubes in in my ice tray i don't have an ice maker my ice cubes in my ice tray were melting and then i realized that my fridge and my freezer were warm and then i realized that the very very loud like buzzing sound where it really really sounds like my fridge is like struggling hard and every time i hear that i'm like oh no please don't die please don't die please don't die please don't die it was silent like oh great great it broke this is just fucking great I had a freezer full of food and a fridge full of food and you know I mean it's a bad thing for your refrigerator and freezer to break no matter what but it's also quarantine and so it's especially important that I can like actually not destroy all of my food and that I can store food and and I this is like hard to explain but I live in the weirdest house in the world like it's so weird it's called a trinity nothing to do with the father son and the holy ghost it's called a trinity they pretty much only exist in Philadelphia and Boston um, they are like teeny 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 tiny little row homes in cities mine was built in like the mid 1800s where there are these extremely twisty stairs that just go up. It's, like a, it's sort of like living in a tower. And each floor is 200 square feet, for me at least. And it's just so tiny. And my kitchen is in my basement. And the stairs are so small. And so the only way to get appliances up and down is through a hatch in the floor. And when I bought the house three years ago, the hatch was like a grate it was like a wooden grate that you could see down So as soon as you walked into my house you like can see through this grate into the basement and it's very trippy freaks people out people don't want to walk on it and then when I got Molly my dog she's so dirty and she will like lie on it and like what like play on it and all of this dirt would fall down into my kitchen like onto my counter and onto my food and onto, it's just like was a horrible mess so paid a carpenter to make a floor plug so it's like flush with my floor because also it wasn't flush with my floor uh, so I couldn't even have a rug it was just madness um, and so I paid this carpenter to make a floor plug and it's amazing however they had to add support wood underneath because it's heavier than what the grate was and I realized when I took out my little measuring tape and I measured my refrigerator, that it was one inch too big to go through. And what that means is they would have to take the wood off apparently to get it out, which is it's basically, it's like a huge ordeal. It would be a huge, huge ordeal to replace my refrigerator. Much more complicated than usual. And also this is a much more difficult time when we really really need our refrigerators and our freezers. So I like I was basically like a, a paralyzed. I was paralyzed because I couldn't even deal with all of the things that this meant. Oh my god. Oh my god, is everything in my entire refrigerator going bad right now? I texted my friend and I was like, "My fridge is broken." And he was like, "Oh no." And I said, "I seriously just need I need a fridge miracle. Like I need my fridge to heal itself. I needed it to heal itself. And I am not kidding at all when I say that like a minute later I heard my fridge turn back on. And ever since, okay, so then I also reached out to the appliance place in Philadelphia that that fixes appliances because really what I would want is for it to be fixed if I could and not replaced because of my strange house. I asked I I told him I said look it was off and it's old and you know it probably needs to be fixed but it did turn back on can you come out and look at it and see you know see if you can figure out what's wrong with it and they were like oh if it's back on then uh you know we can't really do anything to diagnose it and I shared that on my Instagram and someone responded they were like that's true (laughs) like there are plenty of things that they could do to try and figure out if there's something that needs to be replaced so that doesn't happen again and I was like oh you're probably right but I just figured that I would wait till the next time and then be like look you really need to come but um it's basically been turning on and off like every day for the past week but my ice cubes have never melted again so it's never been off for that long but I did call them on Friday And I left a message and I said, look, it keeps turning off. I can't live like this. Please come. And they haven't called back. So we'll say I'll update you. I'll update you. I don't know what I'm going to, like if, (laughs) think about it. If my fridge or freezer broke like for say say it broke and say they came out and they were like oh we know how to fix it but we have to order a part and it's gonna take a little bit of time and I didn't have a freezer or a refrigerator for say two weeks just hypothetically what the fuck would I do would I just eat crackers like seriously what would I what would I do peanut butter and crackers that would be horrible so hopefully that doesn't happen I don't want to live on peanut butter and crackers for two weeks. And that's a fact. And it's a plea. Please, Dominic's Appliances, help me. Okay, that's how my fridge saga is going. How is Molly coping with giant Jeff Goldblum? I don't know if I've... T- it's hard because I tell things to my Instagram that I don't necessarily always remember to share with the podcast. So then I don't always know what I've already said. But basically, there's a humongous tapestry of Jeff Goldblum holding a monkey or something in a kind of like distant neighbor's window and if Molly lies a certain way she can see out this teeny tiny window a humongous humongous face and she growls and she barks and she's in this war with a tapestry of Jeff Goldblum and for a long time I was never putting my head on the floor like seeing what she was seeing from a certain angle out the window because it's a tiny tiny window in my twisty stairwell so I was never getting the perspective that she got so I thought my dog was insane which actually she is Molly is very strange and she is afraid of the weirdest thing she's a completely petrified of cardboard boxes and then it extends to anything that is remotely box-like so anything that's um, a cube really frightens her and she'll bark and she goes nuts so she is weird but um, I thought she was just like hallucinating or just like barking at a light outside and I finally realized that she was barking at a humongous tapestry of Jeff Goldblum however she hasn't really gotten too upset about him recently so maybe they've made peace maybe they're friends now so that's how she's coping with Jeff Goldblum Somebody asked, is there any truth to what diet culture says, like healthy versus unhealthy? No offense, but I don't understand the question. Okay, I'm moving on to the next question. Is there ever a thing as too much food in a day? Hmm, okay. Um. The answer is no. But that's me just trying to say, like, there is no, there is no rule, right? There's no rule for what's too much food and what's the a right amount of food however you know if you are in a cycle where you're binging all the time and you feel absolutely horrible or you're having like really bad symptoms or you feel just like so out of control that really does feel like you're eating too much food in a day but it's all stemming from diet culture diet mentality guilt around food and being stuck in that in that um toxic cycle essentially so really, the pro we think that the problem is eating too much food, but it's all stemming from the restriction and the restrictive um, mentality and really, what our bodies and and minds, but mostly our bodies are trying to do with binging is getting is kind of like overcorrecting, right so it's actually happening for a reason, but the more we fight it, the more we just stay in that cycle um. So that is my longer answer to, well, of course, if we're in a really, really difficult place where we're binging all of the time, it certainly feels like we are eating too much food in a day, but it's all happening for a reason and it's not the body going rogue, it's the body just simply trying to overcorrect for either the actual restriction or just the perceived restriction or just the... Fear of future restriction, especially if you beat yourself up for eating certain things. Your, your body and your mind are connected and it actually is doing a thing where it's like, oh no, I know what you're going to do. I know you're going to put me on a diet and I'm going to preemptively make sure that I eat a lot of food before you put me on a diet so you don't fucking kill me, you know? So that's my answer to that. Someone said, if Tiny Head were able to do a duet with anyone, who would Tiny Head do a duet with? <sighs> um... Here's the question. Here's the question for your question. Is Tiny Head doing a duet with someone else's Tiny Head or is Tiny Head doing a duet with a regular person? I want Tiny Head to do a duet with Kelly Clarkson. And Tiny Head could do a duet with Kelly Clarkson or Kelly Clarkson's Tiny Head. I love you, Kelly Clarkson. Okay. Next question. And I, I'm i kind of like thrilled because I'm I'm reading every single, usually I like pick and choose which questions I'm going to answer and then I write them down and then I jot notes and it's all. But right now, no, I'm just going for it. I'm just asking myself questions even if I don't know what the fuck I'm going to say. Okay. How long did you diet and restrict etc. for until you gave up for good? I officially, officially was dieting either extreme dieting or diet mentality, even when I thought I wasn't dieting, for 10 years, which is a long time, but it's also not a long time compared to a lot of other people who, you know, a lot of people started dieting before me. There are a lot of people who are starting to heal their relationship with food or who heal their relationship with food who were put on a diet really, really young, like five, six, seven, eight, nine. or who put themselves on a diet that young because they felt that their body was wrong and they were living in this world, either in a family where dieting was super normalized or just in our culture where we believe that dieting is going to give us what we want. Um, And then there are lots of people who are in their 40s, 50s, 60s who are just kind of putting all the pieces together, who have been dieting for decades, who really, you know, a lot of people worried that, if you've been dieting for too long, there's really no way to get out of the cycle. And I disagree. I've seen firsthand that even if you have lived your entire life believing you're a food addict, which I did. So even before I was dieting, I was a binge eater. And it was all because I felt super denied, like really cool snacks <laughs> that my friends got to eat at their houses. Um, So I essentially, like with even without... Um, Really, any diet mentality at all, I felt super denied, and I had a binge eating disorder. So I had this general sense and belief that I was a food addict, and so when I started dieting, I was like, "Well, I am a food addict, so I really need to get this under control." And of course, it just became worse and worse and worse and worse. And that whole time, you know, when I would when I would fail on a diet, when I would like stick to it religiously and be like, "Yes, I finally found a diet that's going to work for me," and then I would end up you know failing going off the rails binging feeling super out of control I was like oh oh my god it's my food addiction like it was it seemed like proof to me um and it wasn't until I started learning about what really fixates us on food and the answer is restriction and scarcity that I and it resonated with me so 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 much but I am I am living proof that even if you have felt like a food addict your entire life, the restriction piece is still essential um, to tackle if you want an easier relationship with food. Okay, next question. Hold on, where am I? I lost my place. I lost my place. Okay, impacts of sucking in your stomach all the time and how to get over it and heal So, sucking in your stomach, uh, I I think, can mess up your digestion, honestly, but I also think that it's very symbolic. And in the book, I talk about taking, actually, like bringing your life force back down into your body and down into your legs and feeling connected to your body and being willing to feel and being willing to sort of like fill out your body um, with your with your senses like to actually be willing to feel what it feels like in your body and i do think that sucking in is a manifestation of like obviously trying to look thinner and trying to make your stomach look thinner but also kind of like not wanting to fully feel what it feels like in your body and the actual act of letting yourself not suck in is also sort of energetically letting yourself come back into your body and take up more space and take up space in your stomach. So um, if you haven't read my book, I recommend that you do because I have like a kind of bizarre (laughs) energetic grounding feel what it feels like in your body take on this whole thing. Um, But just it's a habit, right? Sucking in is a habit. And so you you have to get used to a different habit which would be to purposely no- to notice when you're sucking in and then to see if you can do the opposite and see if you can relax into your body and see what that feels like. Um wow, I've been doing this for 32 minutes. Bizarre. Okay, I'm just going to a- answer a couple more questions. <sighs> What do I want to say? Okay, now I am skipping some because I just want some fun ones. Someone said, what is your routine doing during this? I'm having a hard time focusing and finding one. Girl, I am having a really hard time focusing. I'm having a really hard time with a routine. My routine is pretty much taking my dog for two big walks a day and eating three meals and snacks. And then somewhere in there, trying to make sure that I at least re- try to write my book that I'm writing right now for an hour, and it is so hard. It is so hard. I feel so distracted. I feel so. I'm re- I'm really struggling. But if I can do, and I you know I'm doing other like I'm, I'm recording this podcast. I'm I'm gonna run the fuck a diet book club. I'm spending all, you know a lot of time doing stuff to kind of prep for that too. I'm on my Instagram all the time. I'm doing Tiny Head concerts, which if you don't know what Tiny Head is, it's it's this stupid filter that has a tiny little little voice and a little weird upside-down chin head. And I've been like taking song song requests and doing little 15-second renditions of songs in, in Tiny Head's voice. But these are all things that you know that brings me joy. Like that's fun to do, but what I really I mean I really need to be writing this book and the more that I you know the more that I put it off the more anxious I get about it because the less I write it the more I'm like oh my god I'm never gonna figure it out right now I'm really trying to make sure that the themes that I bring up in the book track throughout the book and that it's not just like a random like throwing spaghetti on the wall and being like, here are some weird stories about me and dieting and me and self-help. I really, you know, it's that. But I want it to also be this cohesive thing that 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 makes sense from the beginning to the end. And that's hard. It's way less straightforward than the fuck-a-diet. The fuck-a-diet, I knew exactly what that was. I knew exactly what it needed to be. Um, I didn't know exactly what it would end up being, but I knew what there needed to be and so there was at least like a structure in place for me to to kind of follow or like find and follow but right now I'm just sort of I'm struggling so I don't know walking has been really nice really really if I wasn't walking my dog twice a day I think I would probably be really insane right now like I think I would have gone off the deep end and someone said but how are you doing that's how I'm doing I, I don't know I'm I don't know. Like I'm I think I'm doing better than I than a lot of people and I think I'm doing better than I could be doing. And I also think that I'm really lucky. Like I think that I have a pretty lucky setup during this, all, you know, all things considered, but I just don't know. I'm I'm still mid processing all of this and what it means and um yeah, I really don't know. I'm even wearing jeans right now because I started to feel like like I just needed I just couldn't wear sweatpants for one more day. I just needed to see if I even knew how to put on an outfit anymore. and I barely do. Um do 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 do, what's the dumbest diet you've ever done? What is the dumbest diet I've ever done? Um, I think, I think. I think that the raw vegan diet was the dumbest diet that I've ever done because it was just so extreme. And so it was just based on like such, such a bizarre concept of enzymes and like living food, like living food, living body, dead food, dead body. Oh my God. It was such a, such a cult. Like it was such a cult mentality thing where it was like, if you, can only eat a hundred percent living food you will finally allow your body to be spontaneously and miraculously healed you will heal cellularly from the inside out and that is what I've been searching for for so long well at least four years (laughs) because I started dieting at 14 and then I became a raw vegan when I was 18 going into my freshman year of college and I was like wow I've found it I found the cure. It was awful. Don't recommend. Uh, da, da, da. What breed is Molly? Molly is a Bernadoodle. She's a mini Bernadoodle. Her mother was a Bernese Mountain Dog. Beautiful. And her father, supposedly, was a mini poodle. Never met him. I don't know what he was like. But Molly is a very weird mix of the two because she does not have the poodle hair that people want when they get a doodle. She sheds. Um, She has just bizarre, bizarre, bizarre fur. And she has an undercoat. Um, But she has a heart of gold. So even though her, her fur is very weird, we love her anyway. Let me just see if there's any last fun questions that anybody... Oh my god, so many people are asking about The Fridge. Ah, Oh, somebody said, are you a trained singer? Because Tiny Head is pretty impressive. Thank you. I am a trained singer. That's what I did. That's what I went to school for. And I loved it, but I had such bad performance anxiety. And I just was so... You know, for so long, I was so fixated on... Looks and weight, and so much of my dieting was tied to that anxiety and that belief that if I could just find the perfect diet, heal from the inside out, become thin, become beautiful, that everything would be great and every I would be able to like reach my dreams and like you know that it would that I'd be able to finally meet my destiny. And all it did was make me miserable and crazy, and so I quit a couple times. And and uh, when I, when I first went on the fakir diet when I was 24, I was like, it was very clear. I was like, okay, I have to quit. I have to stop. I cannot go to auditions while I am, you know, purposely gaining weight and purposely trying to not micromanage and purposely you know, trying to prioritize something else. I, I was just so miserable and I'd been doing it for 10 years and it was, I was so obsessed. And I like, I really had a, a breaking point and an epiphany. And I was like, I can't do this. And it became so clear that it was, you know, I always told myself that it was about health, but I, I must have just read something. I, I was be- I'm, I wish I could remember exactly when I read Health at Every Size but I really think that I was just read because I was paleo at the time I think I was reading from some people who had been low-carb paleo who had had that actually mess up their hormones and make them infertile and reading about that and the fact that what they needed to heal and get their hormones back because I think there was one woman who wanted to have a second child and she Was super into health and paleo and like quote unquote traditional foods and had been very low carb for a while and it it made her lose her period it made her really tired it like made her hormones totally whacked out and in order to heal she had to sleep a lot she had to eat more carbs she had to gain weight and just reading that I was like what are you kidding me? I have been trying to heal my hormones by eating low carb or no carb for ten years, ever since I was fourteen years old. Are you, like it just blew my mind so much. I don't even remember what question I'm answering at this point. What question am I answering? Oh, 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 am I a trained singer? Yeah. So I, it became. That's when I started to realize that weight and health were not the same thing, and I knew that I needed to heal my relationship with food because I had been trying for so long I thought that I'd been eating intuitively for a really long time but I really never was because I was still so fixated on food I'm sorry weight and food but wait. um so yeah I, I quit then and then I quit again and then I quit again <laughs> I love singing and I love acting and I you know I went to school for it I did it professionally I you know I'm pretty good But I had to really answer the question for myself, like, does this lifestyle and does the life of auditioning and sort of being judged on the way that you look, because even if, you know, even if you accept, okay, I'm not the, you know, the leading lady, I'm a quote-unquote character actor, which I actually saw a tweet that was like, you realize the character actor just means this person is not beautiful and thin enough by our cultural standards, but they're a really good actor. And I was like, yes. Oh my God. Like all the media stuff, all the media stuff with, with, uh, with weight and looks is just so, it's just so made up. Like, and and it basically perpetuates our beliefs about what it means to look a certain way and whose stories are worthy of being told. I mean, it's so, I I don't know. It's, it's a huge piece of the puzzle, but, uh, yeah, I am a trained singer and I had to make a choice whether I wanted to have more peace or whether I wanted to keep acting and keep going to auditions, which truly exhausted me. And I chose peace at least for now. Um, I'm going to answer one more question. Okay. Uh, Do you have a lot of anxiety around COVID? How did you personally cope with that? I go through phases. I go through phases of uh, being more anxious and less anxious about the actual virus itself. Um, I'm obviously socially isolating, uh, but I think the thing I think the thing that I have been going back and forth with is that I the only thing that keeps me sane is taking my walk my two walks a day with Molly, and getting out in the fresh air and getting out in the sunshine, and you know. I was really anxious. I mean, there are so many people. I live in a city. So Philadelphia is a smaller city, and it's a slower city than, say, New York. I feel so thankful that I don't live in New York right now. I lived in New York for 10 years, and I just can't even imagine. Um, It's just so densely populated, and the apartments are so small. Um, And a lot of them face, like... you know alleyways or or you're literally looking at another brick building like a couple feet from your window I just can't even imagine Um, anyone who's living in New York I just like I commend you and I'm so curious what it's actually like like how many people are actually able to go out take walks how many people do very curious Um, but there are so many people out on the street there's so many people running so fucking close to me I went through a phase where I was like get the fuck away from me I didn't say that But I just was like constantly stressed walking and constantly mad at people and constantly like get away from me. You know, I was really I don't know. I just was like I, I think I was taking out my anxiety and my, you know, I was my outlet was like being pissed at people for getting too close and it was mostly runners because they go so fucking fast that there's no time to move out of the way and they're huffing and puffing three two three feet from me and I was just like so anxious about it and so mad and then I finally realized that that was like such a toxic use of energy and I also realized that with a dog And I don't know if you want to hear this, but with a dog, unless you are going to be so on top of like giving them a bath every time you go out and coming back in, there is no way to really avoid whatever germs or virus is going to potentially be on her. Like, I cannot bathe her, first of all, at all. I can't bathe her. She like scratches me and like feels, she thinks I'm trying to kill her. I cannot bathe her and I especially cannot bathe her every time I take her for a walk. There's just no way. And I just, when I realized that it was like a week ago that I was like, oh, like no matter what I do, obviously I'm still doing all the things. I'm still social distancing. I'm still washing my hands. I do not wear a mask when I take her for a walk. I do wear a mask if I have to go to a store. Um, but if I can just go for a walk in the sunshine and do my very best to, to distance myself, I mean, people are, are getting pretty good at like weaving, not runners. They're going too fast and they're bad at weaving. I'm pissed at all of you. Really (laughs) stay away from me. But most people are pretty good when they're walking at a normal pace to weave and to go into the street if they can. And I do the same thing. Um, I wash my hands. Um, but at the same time i realized look i need to do a little bit of surrendering because i'm kind of kidding myself if i think that i can wash my hands but then pet my dog and not potentially be picking it up from her the sponge she also has fur like her fur is so porous and it it's so fluffy and it like it traps smells so much like it, if she is around someone who's cooking something, she will smell like that thing for two days. When she goes to doggy daycare, which she stopped going to doggy daycare because I couldn't handle the smell, she comes home smelling like pee and cleaning solution for two days, like so much more than other dogs. So I just realized I was like, look, pfft, honestly, I've probably already gotten it from the world or from her, and that cal- that weirdly calmed me down. I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna get it or I'm not. I'm gonna social distance from people, but the fact that I have my dog, and it's not like I'm gonna put a mask on, it's not I just, there's no way for me to disinfect her every time I come into the house. There's just no way. And so that almost was a weird surrender of like, okay, well, I'm gonna do the best I can, but I can't, I really can't make myself go crazy over it. And I have, I've already been super nervous here and there. And then when I realized that, There was pretty much nothing I could do with my dog. Uh, It almost relaxed me because I was like, oh, I can just not worry about this and just do the best that I can do, follow the guidelines the best I can, and not go crazy over it. Does that make sense? I don't know if that's helpful. You might all think that I actually, that that is the crazy way to look at it, but I think it's made my life better in this past week. Uh, healthy ways to dress up your coffee if you can't drink it black healthier well I don't know why you're asking me for healthy I put half and half in my coffee every single fucking day so boom that's what I think's healthy and happiness is healthy that's what I think I cannot believe how long I've been doing this for I can't believe it this is crazy um all right I'm going to read one listener email and then we're going to go off into our fifth week of quarantine huh i feel like kind of great all right brooke wrote to me and she said hi carolyn i wanted to share my experience on the fuck a diet with you and the podcast listeners i found your podcast in january 2019 and everything you said about diet culture made so much sense to me it was a hard decision to make but i decided i was done with diet culture I deleted all of my calorie and exercise tracking apps off my phone, and I even stopped wearing my Fitbit, which, by the way, I haven't touched since that day. Um, celebration emoji. You know that emoji where it's just like kind of like a – like a maybe one of those things that you blow into and it explodes with confetti? I always kind of thought it was like a party hat upside down with confetti, but no, it's one of the things that you go, she said, it was a slow process at the beginning. I started allowing myself to eat any and all foods, but I was still holding on to some diet culture's rules. For example, I would still tell myself that I needed to eat a vegetable with dinner every night. I eventually went through a phase where I wanted nothing to do with vegetables, and that's okay. Fast forward a couple months, and things started to get easier. I found myself no longer constantly thinking about food or calories, which freed up so much mental headspace. Since starting the fuck a diet, I've become a better employee, a better friend, a better daughter, a better wife, and overall better person. Oh my God, this is another line that's gonna make me cry. That's the cry line. I also enjoy having vegetables with my dinner, but I don't force myself to eat them. If I was still dieting, I don't believe I would have been able to enjoy my wedding day and my honeymoon as much as I did. My husband and I went to South Dakota for our honeymoon and we had the greatest time. We saw lots of beautiful scenery and ate lots of delicious food. Oh, these are also so <laughs> Not once did I worry about the food I was eating or the fact that I wasn't exercising. I just enjoyed spending time with my husband. One last takeaway. When I was dieting, I actually lost my period for about five months, which is crazy to look back at now because my husband and I are expecting our first baby in September. We are so excited. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That's so exciting. I don't know why this is making me cry. (laughs) Oh my God, all of these emails are now making me cry. She said, I'm thankful that I found the fuckatite about a year prior to getting pregnant. Without it, I know that my pregnancy would have been much harder than it is. I'm not worried about gaining weight or eating too much. I just eat when I get hungry, which is quite often these days, and I don't even think twice about it. I go to the fridge or pantry, I get a snack, I eat it, and I continue on with my day. Thanks, Brooke. Brooke, thank you for writing that in. Thank you to all of you who write in. Um, If you would like to share a story that you think would be inspiring to the people who listen to this podcast, please send it to podcast at carolineduner.com and i would love to read yours on a future episode of the podcast the last thing that i want to say before i leave you and go into my week and you go into your week is that i am still so obsessed with sebastian stan it's still going strong and people now send me new things that they find of him like people send me videos people send me sent me his um he sent me his, uh, why can't I say the word, Instagram Instagram TV, IGTV, um, doing uh, the, a charity for Save the Children um, helps, I don't, I don't know all the details, but it helps raise money for um, children who don't have access to food that they used to have when they were going to school. And it also reads a children's book to children. And anyway, so he did this little tiny book called I Love You to the Moon and Back. And it was like the most amazing. (laughs) And so many people send it to me and I was like, oh my God, I know. I I saw it and I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah, so I love him and um, it's going great. So, and oh, Marvel for people who are interested in my Marvel journey. So I... I already explained this, but I'd already seen some of them. And then I watched all the Captain Americas and all of the Avengers through. And then I went back to watch Captain Marvel. And now I'm watching. So my my friend who wanted me to watch the Marvel Marvel movies in the first place, he um, he now wants to go through and watch all of them in order. Because he's seen a lot of them, but he hasn't seen all of them. And so I'm doing it with him. Not with him. We're doing it remotely, but we're trying to do it on the same night so we can talk about it and text about it. And, um, so I've seen, what have I seen since finishing? I went back, excuse me, went back and I watched Captain Marvel. And then we watched the Incredible Hulk. He watched the Iron Man. I was, I don't know what I was doing. I think I was probably trying to write at night. I was like, I can't watch anything. I haven't been able to write. I have the hiccups. I don't know what's going on with me. Um... We watched the Hulk. It was awful. It's a totally different actor. It was like, I didn't, I just, I can't believe it. And two nights ago, we watched the Avengers, which I'd seen originally, and I hadn't seen it since. And that was the first one that I saw with no context. And so it was so cool to see it in context after watching all the other origin stories and everything. I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's been really fun. It's been a great distraction. Um, And I intend to keep watching I think tonight we're going to watch Iron Man 3 so we'll see um thank you for all your questions thank you for listening if you would like to send an inspiring story either about you and the fuck it diet or you and the fuck it diet in quarantine please send it to podcast at com. if you would like to watch the free workshop on the five tools if you have read the book go to the fuck slash resources totally free it's an hour-long video um, if you have not read the book at all, go to the slash free and you can read the beginning of the book for free. I send you other little lessons that are more geared towards newbies. And then if you are interested in joining the eight week group coaching experience, you can go to the slash club and join us. Have a great week. I will talk to you next week. And, um, yeah, I can't think of a good sign-off. Uh, goodbye, all you cool cats and kittens. Bye.